You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal, and your host of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So we've got 26 million people unemployed. We've got the economy shut down. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. Some economies are opening back up. Some are still closed. Some seem to be closed forever. And so housing prices, what's going on there? Across the board, we know that sellers have taken their homes off the market and there are fewer buyers. And in March, the number of sales that took place dropped by about 8.5%. But what hasn't dropped is home prices. How can that possibly be? I keep seeing article after article after article of buyers thinking, oh, there's got to be this massive drop in prices with all this stuff going on. And yet there isn't. So that's what we're going to get into on this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So the intro that, that I thought was super interesting was sales of existing homes fell by 8.5% in March, according to the National Association of Realtors. That's the biggest monthly drop in more than four years. Sales were down in all four major regions of the country, and especially in the West, where they dropped 13%. But you know what didn't fall is prices. So we've got this really weird thing where everything else in the country is just going south. It's just going south fast, including the number of homes that are selling. And I'm seeing that on the Summit side as well, Summit Properties Northwest. We have way fewer homes, but what is weird is that uh, way fewer homes selling, way fewer homes on the market, just less activity in general. It's super hard for buyers to get out there and look, and they don't necessarily want to do a virtual tour. I think real estate brokers are doing the absolute best they can, and everybody in the food pipeline of real estate is making a really good effort at trying to hold things together. But when you can't get people out to see a home, it's really difficult for them to get a feel for what's going on. So the number of homes are way, way down, and I think buyers are expecting a deal. They are thinking that based on what happened in the Great Recession of 2008, that exact same thing is happening right now, and it just isn't. So the numbers aren't supporting that at all. And what we're dealing with so far is today, this podcast is being shot on April 27th. What we're dealing with is we know the data that came out of March, but March was only about half the month was only exposed to the coronavirus. The first, call it two weeks of March, we were kind of like, yeah, we hear about the coronavirus, but we weren't in the shutdown yet, or we weren't in the initial stages. Maybe we're in the initial stages, uh, depending on where you were in the country. But here in Seattle, we were definitely thinking about it. And I think March 15th was when uh, Governor Inslee kind of started the real shutdown, started to happen. So the last two weeks of March reflect data, but the first two weeks were pretty good. So a lot of that was kind of offset by the second half of March. April, we'll know a lot more from April, but stats coming out so far in April are showing a big decline in the number of sales. And that's what you'll see in the media but the pricing has held right in there. And even year over year, it's up in a lot of areas. And so I think that's really confusing a lot of people and it's really confusing a lot of buyers. A lot of the comments I'm seeing on YouTube are just wait for prices to drop. It's just gonna be a free fall because people are so expecting there to be foreclosures and short sales and all this other stuff going on that happens when you typically have a recession. But that is not happening. 
So the falling inventory actually helped push prices up in March. Nationally, the median sales price was up 8% from a year ago. And you got to understand that going into this shutdown, housing was on pace for basically a record month and a record spring in March. I mean, we were we were absolutely rolling and we were about to get into our busy springtime. And I think uh, a lot of sellers were going to bring their homes in the markets and buyers were ready to go. Some of the things we have going on for us right now are historically low interest rates. Now it's hard, harder, it's becoming harder for buyers to get a loan because the lenders are kind of caught in this place of if we lend out this money and this borrower loses their job or they don't have a steady employment moving forward or we don't know what the economic picture is looking like, lenders are holding back their money. We just know that for sure. And then the mortgage servicers are cut in, they're caught in the middle of this conundrum of they have to give these mortgage forbearances to people with mortgages who no longer have a job and they're like, hey, can't pay. But the mortgage servicers, the guys you write your checkout to and they pass it along to the investor who actually owns the mortgage, those the mortgage servicers are still having to pay their investors out. So they're stuck in this really weird situation. And so everybody kind of in the, the food chain of getting a loan to buyers, they're tightening things down. So we've got really low interest rates that buyers are still taking advantage of, buyers who can get a mortgage. I think a lot of the buyers who are kind of on the fence or just a little bit questionable, they are stepping out of the marketplace. I don't hear of a lot of, you know, what we used to call subprime buyers entering into this marketplace. They're kind of sitting back going, well, what's going on? What's going to happen? So the numbers are way down, just volume in general is way down. And one of the comments that I saw was sellers may have been more spooked by COVID-19 than buyers. And so sellers have taken their properties off the market, or they just haven't brought them on. I'm hearing more and more kind of rumblings within Summit of brokers who've got sellers who are going to bring homes on the market had one come on uh, i think this morning and then another couple that are due to hit the pipeline in the next few days i think sellers are realizing all right other parts of the country are opening up we've still got pretty strong pricing here in seattle let's do this even though you can't do a normal open house you can't do any of the things that are normally associated with real estate you can't take your family through a home here in Seattle, only one buyer can go through with one real estate broker through a home. So that really limits the ability of a buyer to get a feel for a home. But, you know, if you're being relocated to the Seattle market and, and employers are still doing that, they are still making moves. And a lot of this has to do with, I think everybody knows this is a temporary shutdown. This isn't a long-term thing. And we are getting closer to having a lot of the restrictions lifted. I don't think it's going to go back to the way it was before, back in February and beginning of March. But we're going to have a point in time where things like, you know what, we can make this work. We can figure this out and get things going again. So a lot of sellers are kind of getting ahead of the curve as far as, you know what, pricing is still really good. If I have to have my house in the market maybe just a little bit longer than normal, I'm going to stick it on and let's see what happens. But I'm not going to stick it on for a bargain because I don't need to do that. And that's what you're seeing across the board in a lot of these markets. 
So, and, and it has a lot to do with if you're in an area where you're really impacted by COVID-19, you're going to deal with some, some different market dynamics like New York, and we'll get into that. But here in Seattle, where the virus seems to be fairly well contained, yeah, we have new cases coming on, but we were one of the first cities to go through this you know, experience kind of the death numbers, oh my gosh. And so I think people are coming out on the other side. Yeah, we need to stay stay uh, isolated for a little while longer, however long that is. We'll figure that out. But people are kind of getting used to this is the new norm and we're moving forward. Should businesses be allowed to go back to business? Yeah, absolutely, in my opinion. Keep the people who need to stay isolated, keep them safe, keep them out of the way, keep them from harm, but let everybody else go back to work. That's kind of my thought at this point in time. And I know I'm not in the minority there. There's a ton of people that are just like, hey, you got to you got to open the economy back up. It's just not it's not feasible to do this long term. And the data is coming back such that I think you're going to see a pretty big change in the narrative of the way that this shutdown was viewed and maybe wasn't necessary. But we dealt with it as best we could from the onset and kind of like here we are. So let's move forward. All right, and yet super low interest rates and low historically low inventory are what are driving home prices to not basically come be backed off. It's it just kind of uh, continues to go up. There was a really interesting survey that happened on April nineteenth and twentieth, where the National Association of Realtors, the NAR. They surveyed 3,000 real estate brokers across the United States, and 64% of them said their buyers expect a decline in home prices, uh, with the largest share of those predicting a drop between 5% and 10%. So buyers are out there going, yeah, prices should drop. Um, but then on the, the flip side, the majority of home sellers aren't budging, according to the realtors who work with them. 74% of the agents currently working with sellers said none have reduced the prices to attract buyers. 74%, that's three out of four. So basically, you know, a majority of sellers are going, yeah, I'm not dropping my price. Here's where we're at. Um, and this is what we're going to roll with. Of those agents whose clients have reduced their prices, the majority reported price reductions of less than 5%. And I did a video, uh, I did a podcast last week and I kind of highlighted, uh, I went through a lot of the listings in the Seattle market with price reductions, and the price reductions were pretty incrementally small, and I would say they were considerably less than 5%. Um, and it was a, a podcast of, is, it now, is now a good time to buy um, a home? And of the price reductions I saw, some were, you know, you had a $300,000 home, you might have... Um, a $5,000 drop, you might have a $10,000 drop. So, you know, way under 5%. And this kind of flies in the face with, uh, in the face of having 26 million Americans unemployed. So it's like, what's going on here? This is a really weird thing. Um, and so this uh, dissonance between buyer and seller expectations is not necessarily surprising, said the NAR chief economist Lawrence Yoon. Buyers, even in a normal market, they want to get a little discount. Buyers want to get a deal. I'm going to go out and buy something. I want. I just want some kind of deal. Don't care what it is. Give me five grand in sales concessions. Give me something. Give me a, a free home warranty. I want a deal. 
Sellers, on the other hand, anticipate that once the economy reopens, giving the housing shortage, that there is not a need to lower the prices. And that matched up with the historic low levels of inventory going into this thing. So now some markets have taken out three, you know, three quarters of their inventory. They're down 75% inventory a year over year. That's what's going on. And so you've taken your, your, your normal inventory, dropped it by three quarters. You add a bunch of low interest rate loans for well-qualified buyers who are out there and able to buy a home. There's still buyer demand. And so housing prices aren't dropping. That is kind of the bottom line. And so while data released over the coming months will provide a clearer picture of the coronavirus's impact on home prices, economists say buyers shouldn't expect widespread dramatic price drops similar to those seen in the Great Recession. Buyers have been a lot of times referring back to 2008, and that's what I talk about all the time, is that that pattern isn't going to happen again. So what happened with housing back in 2008 is housing was a major cause of that recession. People actually have to bring in a down payment. There's no more of the funny money. There's a, I should say there's a lot less of the funny money, the subprime loans that drove that marketplace. And so the fundamentals of the real estate market are way tighter now, way tighter. And that's why you're not seeing a big price drop. And also we had a lot more inventory on the market back then so that if a seller was in need of selling a home, they got to drop that price. Everybody else has to fall suit. They have to basically fall in line. And that's when you get that tumble effect from the top down to the bottom of pricing. And we're just not seeing that. And while the coronavirus has stalled out the residential real estate market during its normally busy spring season, and that's a decent word is stalled out. It's like, it's still going, but not at the pace it was by any means at all. Uh, it, and so during its normally busy spring season, 87% of the, of the agents surveyed in the NAR's latest survey, for example, said buyer interest has decreased in their market. So buyer interest has gone down too, but just not at enough of a rate to really impact pricing yet. So everything's dropping, but because you had such a shortage and you've got these interest rates, and people still need to make a move with housing. And so you've got some sellers out there who are like, okay, yeah, let's move forward with this. We're, we can figure out how to get this done and still feel safe. And you've got buyers who are like, I'm getting relocated. I don't necessarily want to rent. I need to get my family into a school district. Let's go. So that is what is happening kind of across the board. And while Yoon, he's the economist for the NAR, and while Yoon estimates that unit sales for the year may be 5 to 10% lower than last year, and I think they're going to be a lot more than that last year because of the slow spring buying season, home prices, which were experiencing robust, robust growth before the pandemic, might squeeze out again in 2020. I find that incredibly hard to mentally process that home prices are actually going to go up when we've got a pandemic going on and the economy shut down. But that is not a limited um, opinion. So let's see what the economists from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have to say. And they're the ones that basically they run 
the residential mortgage market because that's where liquidity comes from for all these mortgages. When you take out a mortgage, it usually gets sold within a month or two after you buy a home and it gets sold into the secondary market. And that, most of that, I think like 65% of that is comprised of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the two governmental entities that are set up to provide liquidity to the residential mortgage market. Let's see what they say as far as what kind of price drops or raises can we expect. The Fannie Mae forecast, and this was as of April 23rd, so last week, the Fannie Mae forecast released this week actually predicts that housing home prices will fall in the third quarter of the year. Right now, April, we're in the second quarter. And it's going to be, I mean, the economic numbers for quarter two of 2020 are just going to be brutal. I mean, unemployment through the roof. GDP, the gross domestic product, is just going to drop off the face of the earth because businesses are just shut down. So home prices will fall in the third quarter of the year, decreasing from a median price of, and this is nationally, they will decrease from a median price of 283000 to 281000 So they're going to fall $2,000 on average over the entire United States. So a little bit less than 1%. I find that incredible, but um, those are the economists for Fannie Mae. And they'll keep following th- falling through quarter one of 2021, bottoming out at a medium $265,000. If we can go from 283 to 265, that is less than a 10% drop. I would be really excited with that because I think housing could have a potential to fall far greater than that. But so far, it's been so good. Um, new home prices will also decline, according to the forecast, dipping from 328 to 322 It's only a $6,000 drop across the United States. But new homes, we've had a continual shortage of new homes coming on the market. So that's one of those things where I've just been banging on, hey, construction needs to get back to work. If you can figure out how to keep Costco open, if you can figure out how to keep Home Depot open, you can figure out how to keep a job site open with intelligent men not in their 70s and 80s who can get on a job site and go. So I know today in Washington, the construction industry is kind of going back to work under some pretty onerous safety guidelines. Kind of difficult for those guys to work with, but it's like, whatever, at least we have a shot to work. Let's get this going. So residential construction getting back open. What I find really interesting is residential is now okay to go back to work, whereas the governmental construction has been going this whole time, never shut down. Interesting how those priorities are wildly different. You still got Home Depot open, you've got um, Costco open, and yet you don't have the small businesses that basically do the same thing. Deemed kind of like, well, let's, we're not going to really go there. But that's a whole other story. So new construction prices will level out in a medium 327 by quarter four 2020 and stay there through quarter one 2021. So Fannie Mae is basically saying, hey, it's going to have a little bit of a drop, but not much of a drop. And that's because of all the factors I basically stated. There's no inventory. There's going to be even less new construction inventory now because most states have had a shutdown and residential construction in a lot of states. I don't remember how many, but in uh, quite a few states, 
maybe I shouldn't say many, it's quite a few states have not been able to do residential construction. They're just shut down, too risky, can't do it. So let's see what Fannie Ma or Freddie Mac has to say. So you got Fannie Mae and you got Freddie Mac, kind of the two big um, quasi-governmental entities that um, provide liquidity to the residential mortgage market. Freddie Mac's expert, uh, experts predict home prices to drop to falling 0.1% in the third and fourth quarters of this year, and then again in quarter one next year. In total, it predicts home prices will decrease by 0.5% over the next 12 months. So in the third and fourth quarters of this year, coming up, second half of this year, going to drop by one-tenth of a percent. And then we're going to drop by half a percent over the next 12 months. So basically not at all. So let's, let's say a $500,000 home price, you've got a half percent drop over the next 12 months. One percent drop is five grand. So, I mean, you know, 2,500. So you're going to be, instead of $500,000 home, you've got $497,500 home, four ninety seven five. So a tiny little drop, almost not even recognizable. It's good news for potential buyers and investors, but likely will not, but there will likely not be the bargain basement prices many people are hoping for. The fiscal stimulus, and here's kind of why uh, Freddie Mac is saying that, the fiscal stimulus provided by the CARES Act will mute the impact that the economic shock has on house prices. Freddie Max, and this is from Freddie Mac's Economic and Housing Research Group. Additionally, forbearance and foreclosure mitigation programs will limit the fire sale contagion effect on house prices. So home buyer, homeowners who already have mortgages can either get a forbearance, all right? There's a lot of debate on that, should you do it? But if you are in, if you're going to lose your home to this shutdown, I think you roll the dice and see how the forbearance goes. There's going to be some impacts to you as a homeowner, but that is an option, whereas we didn't have that going into the Great Recession of 2008. And then also, you've got the foreclosure mitigation programs. We're going to have a property manager on tomorrow, on our podcast tomorrow, to kind of go through what that looks like. So in a lot of areas, the governors have said, yeah, we are on our foreclosure and eviction. We're basically putting that on hold. You cannot evict people while this happens. And that's on the, the tenant end of things. You can't evict people from homes. And on the forbearance, that basically takes homeowners and allows them to not make their mortgage payment right now, but maybe um, you make it at the end of your mortgage or a lump sum and you got to figure out how to do that. And in the meantime, you know, there's a $1,200 payment going out to a lot of people. They're hoping that these people at least pay down part of their mortgage with that, that a little bit of this stimulus will go a long way and all the unemployment things that are going on, that people will be able to hold their housing together much better than they did in the Great Recession of 2008. So that's kind of what Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are talking about. And here's kind of a summary. 
Relief provided by the federal government in the form of mortgage forbearance, suspension, and deferral combined with additional unemployment support and stimulus checks will help keep financially distressed home buyers, homeowners in their homes instead of having to foreclose or short sell. This will lead to much fewer distressed properties than the Great Recession as such, very little downward pressure on home prices. So you've kind of got all these factors in this recession that we're going through that we're in right now. There's no way we're going to get out of this without having two quarters of downward uh, gross domestic product. There's no way. So you're in a recession right now. What's so interesting about this recession is that the dynamics for housing are wildly different than they were last time. Because last time in 2008, as the owner of an appraisal company and the owner of a real estate brokerage, it was darn scary what was happening because people were losing their homes left and right. We were being asked to appraise homes kind of on this sliding scale of value. Well, what do you think it's worth in 90 days? Man, I have no idea. What do you think it's worth right now? Don't really know that either because there's a million homes in the market and they're all having their prices cut at the same time. We can't really, it's a moving target. We can't really figure out what that looks like. So we just be guessing at these fire sale prices for lenders on the appraisal end. And then on the summit end of things, it was kind of just this free fall, free for all. You just put a home on the market and hope for the best. And if it didn't go, you dropped the price and you told the sellers, hey, you know, you might have to do a short sale. A lot of that going on. You're not hearing any of that on this cycle. So another really interesting thing that I think came from Realtor.com is they did basically a study that compared the top 100 metropolitan areas in the United States. And they compared the top 10 uh, major metropolitan markets that had the highest uh, cases of COVID-19 per their 100,000 of population versus the states that had the lowest population outbreak of COVID-19. Uh, so top 10 versus the top 10, 10 fewest uh, states. And, and what did that do with how's the number of homes on the market and how long they were on the market? That is kind of the state. Uh, that, that is kind of the deal. And so the cities or the, the, the cities that were in major metropolitan markets that had a big outbreak, they basically had a massive reduction of their number of homes on the market and their times to sell those homes went up. And the opposite effect happened where cities that didn't have much of an outbreak, so their inventory was not decimated by as much because sellers are like, all right, this just isn't that big of a thing here. Their, their inventory wasn't decimated. They still had a fair number of homes come on the market or less, fewer, if that makes any sense, homes come on the market and it's taking a shorter amount of time to sell those homes. So let's jump into this and take a look and see what that is. Um, an extended marketing time is something that on the appraisal end, we look at pretty closely, like what's going on? How long is it taking for these homes to sell? And in the video and the podcast we did last week on, is this a good time to buy? Our times on the market to sell a home in Seattle are still 
you know, you're still under 30 days for most all sales. The stuff we have coming on right now, the homes that we have coming on, they're selling pretty quick, like the first week that they're coming on. We've got a few listings that are out there that are just kind of hanging. And I think they're in areas where people are like, uh, just not sure if I should be buying a home right now. They're in those kind of markets, sub markets. But for the most part, stuff is still flying off the shelf. So that is something that people kind of need to consider is that there's minimal inventory, there's a fair number of buyers relative to the inventory, interest rates are low, and people are still going. So here's the top 10 metro areas with the highest COVID cases per capita. New Orleans is number one. And they had a 51% drop in their new listings year over year. So this is as of um, March and April, they had half the listings come on the market as they did a year ago. But their days on market to sell those listings only went up 4.8%, only a 5% bump. So if you've got a normal 20 days on market, so 10% would be two days, half of that's one day. So you go from 20 days to 21 days on average now to sell that home. So you've still got some pretty good buyer demand there. New York one of the cities with the absolute, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to say they didn't get just hammered as far as COVID-19 goes. So their listings dropped almost 75% year over year in March and April, 75%. And yet to sell those listings, they had a 2% drop in the days on market. So from this period this year, compared to last year, March and April of 2019, they are selling those same listings that are coming on now 2% faster. So New York down 75%, but they're selling their homes year over year a tiny little bit faster. There was a comment made by Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks last week, that if you want to live in New York, now's a good time to buy. Well, according to these statistics, I don't know if that's true. Uh, you got way less inventory, way less to choose from, and homes are going, they're selling for a tiny little bit faster. So we'll have to see if a big price drop happens. I'm going to skip down to Detroit. Detroit, Michigan was fifth on this list. Um, they had a 70, call it 77% drop in their housing inventory year over year, 77%. And then the amount of time it took to sell that inventory was up almost 53%. Uh, year over year. So big drop in inventory and they are having a tough time selling. And I think a lot of that has to do with the um, where their real estate market sits within the general economy. They've got some brutal market dynamics with the the auto industry basically going completely sideways on them. They've had just one economic downturn after another, and they're one of the hardest hit cities. And so they're just going to have a tough time in general. Springfield, Massachusetts, kind of down towards the bottom of the list. They had about a 60% drop in their housing inventory, and it's taking about 24% longer to sell their inventory. Philadelphia uh, was at the very bottom of this list. They're down 70% in inventory, and it's taking about 22% longer. So it's taking longer across the board in most of these cities and states, um, but um, that's to be expected. You've got way less inventory. You've also got a lot of freaked out buyers who don't want to do this and freaked out real estate agents. And in some areas, real estate agents were not considered essential and they're basically not working. 
And there's only so much you can do as a real estate agent to get homes sold when you're trying to do a virtual tour or, you know, all this other stuff that that does help. And we're in a day and age where you can do a lot of stuff digitally, but you still got to get those buyers out there because they want to see how the house smells and you can't get that from the video. So let's move on to the top 10 metro areas with the lowest COVID cases per capita and see what happened with housing there. Number one on the list was McAllen, Texas. I, I've heard of McAllen, Texas, but I don't really know where it is. So um, they had the fewest COVID cases per capita and their listings dropped 63%. And the median days on market it took to sell that inventory that did come on was 1.3% higher than a year ago. So a basically the same as last year. That's it. They, so they dropped 63%. Number two on the list is Fresno, California. And they had a reduction of almost 39% in their listings. But the median days on market there was only up 10%. So inventory down, but this is the number two city. They're only down 40%, whereas almost all the other um, cities that had the much higher COVID cases, they were, you know, 75, 70, 65, 76, 80, 80, 60, and 70. And as we move on down the list of the top 10 metro areas with the lowest COVID cases, the percentage of new listings drops and it drops like 32%, 32%, 31%, 25%. We have a couple in the 40s and one in the 30s. So the areas that didn't have as much a COVID outbreak, their inventory hasn't dropped nearly as much. And what was super interesting is that of these 10 cities that have the fewest cases of COVID per their 10,000 or 100,000 population, five of them are selling their homes now faster than they were a year ago. Chattanooga, Tennessee, selling 7% faster. Greensboro, North Carolina, selling 10% faster. Knoxville, Tennessee, selling 5% faster. Palm Bay, Florida, selling 11% faster. Winston, North Carolina, Wichita, Kansas, uh, Winston's down 3.8%. And, oh no, Wichita, Kansas, uh, is selling 28%. They're, they're slower. Their times have slowed. So you're seeing a drop in listings, but then in a lot of markets that haven't had much of an impact from COVID, homes are actually selling faster. And that is a really unusual phenomenon you're not going to see again, hopefully never again, because we won't have a pandemic or we won't react to the pandemic the way we did on this one. We'll get some protocols in place where you don't shut down economies because you don't really need to. But um, I think a lot of what will happen is that we will ease back into kind of our new world order, whatever that is. In real estate, especially here in Seattle, you're going to have a massive surge right off the bat when we can kind of get things going. Because there's a lot of sellers and we're talking to a lot of sellers that they're just kind of waiting, they're biding their time and it's probably going to happen within the next month. The normal spring season is just shifted to a later time in the year by a couple of months. We've been down for call it, we're going to be a month and a half here. And um, I think things will ramp up. And if we can get away with the drop in prices, like um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are talking about, if we can get away with a tiny drop in prices, I think we're coming out mm, smelling like roses. I think that would be phenomenal. But I don't have, I don't think that's realistic. I think you're going to see some price drops a little bit more than that when everything is said and done. Um, 
but I don't have a lot to back that up other than just common sense and my experience in the market says you're still going to see a little price drop. If And I think that's when a lot of sellers kind of bring their homes on the market and we get a little bit more of an equilibrium because right now we are we have in so many markets a shortage and we headed into this crisis with a real shortage. And right now, the only people really bringing their homes in the market are these cowboy sellers who are like, yeah, this doesn't really impact me. Let's do it. And their real estate agents are acting the same way. Let's do it. Let's bring them on. And then there's a certain percentage of buyers that are like, yeah, all right, we got to get a home. Let's go to it. When we go to a time period here in the very uh, near future, when sellers are bringing on the markets, I think you're going to see a little bit more equilibrium and year over year prices, they, they've got to drop. If I'm wrong, hey, great. I've been wrong so many other times that it's not even funny. But if prices don't drop by much, I think it's a miracle considering we've got 26 million unemployed. Granted, I know it's a short term deal. But all things considered, if we can get away with a little short-term price drop or year-over-year year year price drop, that's a win. That's a one in the win column for sure. So that's about it for me. So don't expect if you're a buyer, don't expect a big bargain. And if you're a seller, keep holding tight because I don't think you need to drop your prices. And based on what's going on and what everything everybody's saying is don't panic, just hang in there. If your home doesn't sell, maybe take it off the market, wait a little little bit until things kind of return to normal, give it a shot again. So that's kind of the advice that we're giving is uh, hang in there. And if you're a buyer, just kind of work through what your criteria is and know your pricing, know you're not going to get probably a great deal for right now and move forward accordingly. So again, thank you so much for listening and watching this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, my name's Sean Reynolds. I'm the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds Decline Appraisal. And thanks for watching this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. We'll catch you in the next one. And we're going daily until the uh, shutdown restrictions are in place. So tune in. We'll be there tomorrow. All right. Thanks again. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.